It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, you little Reggie Blinker. Yes, yes. How are you doing? It's Luke Pitchaw, or LAPS for short, some, some, an acronym it's actually not a, oh it is a lacrim because it's yeah. a word uh, an acronym I use sometimes uh, to people who are unfamiliar with uh, our working uh, processes uh, they have no idea what I'm talking about I've got to, do, I got to record a lapse and like what yeah what yeah. we get three emails a week on average from people saying if you'd called it the Pete and Luke show it would be pals, pals. Um, to which yeah. I think yeah I should have thought of that yeah I'm, I'm didn't not, know yeah I, I probably had my own reservations about coming second but yeah who cares Pete um, I'm, a, I'm a gentleman I always come second yeah and it's also alphabetical yeah um, so it's just it's just the way the way of the world. Mm. Um, what was I going to say to you? Oh yeah, I was going to say to you, you are the wackiest man I know. Yeah. Now I'm actually that's wrong. Forget right. that, because to me, wackiness implies it's forced. It's done on purpose. Yeah, we, you we, are not we, wacky. We've, we've said this on the show. Uh, I'd I'd hate to be thought of as wacky. No, you're not wacky. wacky. You're not, you're you're you are uh, obtuse prick. You're a, you're a, a wonderful eccentric in the fine British tradition of eccentrics. And we've recorded five podcasts today. And already, you, and yeah. already, and and you're still being nice to me. This it, is a record. It doesn't wear thin when I'm with you. It doesn't wear thin. <laughs> um, but it is April Fool's Day today. It is April Fool's Day. The um, the most tedious day of the year. <laughs> the home territory of the wacky, of the Colin Hunts of this world. You <laughs> Colin Hunt? Yeah, from uh, uh, Fasho. Is it a Fasho? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I wondered, Pete, if you played any good April Fools. Day pranks when you were a kid or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm concerned we probably did this last April, but I can't really remember. So. No, I remember being a big fan of um, comic relief. I was very big on sort of being a bit of an idiot on that day. I would dress up stupid, and oh, yeah. but I, I'm not a really. I think pranks are rather cruel. Uh, yeah. I don't really rate. I don't really rate um, pranks that much. Um, April Fools. I have been caught w- uh, by one person today. Um, um, some lads from IGN started their own thing called RKG. Uh, oh, yeah. They couldn't call it. They couldn't call it Prepare to Try, which is their vehicle in, inside IGN because they own the name. So they had to find another name. And then the original people who are still there at IGN uh, pretended they were going to start a Prepare to Try uh, video. Right. And and they were getting pelters, or they were getting love, or they were getting. Yeah. I think they were just fishing for. Is this uh, tenable? Should we use? Yeah. This? Should we do? Should, should we do this? What's the reaction? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. Last year, apparently, I've just checked. We you this time last year, you were talking to us about meeting Brian Cranston. Okay. There doesn't appear to be much April Fool's chat at all. Last no. last year, we did the show on the second of April, not the first. Yes. Though. Um. So I thought I would. I, I think I was a fan of making a lot of April April Fool's pranks when I was a kid. Hmm. 
I think I tried to convince everyone there was a dog in the school at one point. Do you remember when a dog used to come into the school? <laughs> yeah, that was always it's exciting. Just brilliant. Dog right? in the playground was the most That's exciting. Just brilliant. Yeah, wonderful. How? What, what was that? What was that dog thinking? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, when it happened. So what, what? What used to happen in my school? Well, you see, st- well, stray dogs were just all over the place. That you just don't see them now. But what did a dog? I, I vividly remember a dog coming into our playground, and it wasn't a stray. Mm. It'd been out for a walk with its parent. Dad, and and it had got through the gate, which was open, with mm. a stick in its mouth. And it was running around the playground with a stick in its mouth. So exciting. And everyone was like, wow, it's amazing. And we My were, heart is pounding just thinking. Yeah, well, we couldn't go out because it was the middle of lesson, so we were looking through the window. <laughs> and the dog definitely came close enough to see us all looking at him. And <laughs> looking back on it now, I think the dog was bloody enjoying it. Yeah, look and at me, what, everyone. What, what would it have thought? Well, it's just, I just think the, the the brilliance of it is just this free animal doing whatever the hell it wants. It broke in, it's doing whatever the hell it wants, and it'll just go at some point. At while any it's point, there, everyone has to watch it. At any point, did the, did the dog come inside your school? No, no. That'd be so, too much. so you convinced uh, too the entirety much. of the school that a dog was in them? No, no, no. I just got me thinking. I think I probably at some point I was the kind of kid, the show-off kid, mm-hmm. to sort of say to, the, to everyone in the class, "Oh, there's a dog in the playground." Everyone had gone and look, and it wouldn't have been there. Oh, but okay. at one point, there was a dog in the playground. Nothing because, and the only way I would have thought that of I thought of that idea would have been because it had happened in the past. You're, you're, you're literally the boy who cried wolf relation. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, some of the famous uh, April Fool's pranks, some of them are quite good. Apparently in the 1950s, BBC TV show Panorama, which is that still on now? Yeah, Panorama, Panorama yeah. yeah. It ran a sec- segment about um, the Swiss spaghetti harvest enjoying a bumper year mm. thanks to mild weather and the elimination of the spaghetti weevil. Uh, and many people were taken in thought that spaghetti did indeed grow on trees essentially to be fair back then I mean Panorama was definitely an evening show so they shouldn't be doing that it's way too late unless it was after midnight yeah I guess um, so yeah. and um, so yeah that that's a bit weird but also we didn't really eat a lot of um, exotic foods back then spaghetti bolognese was a was a big thing was a rare, it, yeah. was a, was a rare oh, beast in my house I don't think I don't think I had olives or hummus until I moved to London <laughs> no I, I don't think I even know. knew what hummus was until I moved to London no we had, used to have um, prawn mayonnaise sandwiches Hmm. Uh, where my mum would get the prawns out of the freezer from Iceland or farm foods or wherever the hell. Heron was another way around, freezer shop. Um, and she'd let them defrost. The tiny little babies, tiny little baby shrimps. Like little cat's um, willies. Little, cat, little yeah. cat's willies. Um, and she'd put them on a, uh, between two slices of um, paper towels and then mix in the mayonnaise. My dad used to do that. Rolls. Yeah. My dad used to do that for it to, to put them in his stir fry. Yeah, weird. Oh, there was no stir fries in my house, no. No, none of that, none of that foreign muck. But the um, did you have a did you have a Ken Hom hot walk? Yeah, that's how I got in. That's yeah, how I got Ken Hom started like the walk in the late eighties. Ken Hom was big, and then my dad wanted a walk, and he likes Chinese food. My dad likes the version of Chinese food that he thinks is Chinese food, but it's actually very British, like mine, lemon chicken and crispy cheddar beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like Fu yeah. Youngs and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, crispy um egg fried egg, egg rolls and stuff. I can remember also around that kind of time. It feels to me that it might just be our age, but I felt like I started to notice curry houses when I was about thirteen or fourteen, mm. right? My dad brought home a Chinese curry because he only likes Chinese food, really. He doesn't really like Indian. And um, it was way too hot for me. Yeah. But it was a Chinese curry, so it's a slightly different flavour. Obviously, I was only a kid. And um, so my mum said, I was, you know what? Well, I'll make you a curry. I'll make you a curry that you and your sister can enjoy because obviously my sister was younger. Mm. And she made a curry, in quotes, which mm. was like rice. So you obviously boiled rice or whatever. Uh, chicken, a, a joint, like a joint of chicken mm. or whatever. And it was just cooked in Campbell's chicken soup. <laughs> and served up on rice. And I used to really love it. It was like absolutely delicious. Uh, yeah, I guess that would but work. It, though, but it, it was in no way, shape, or form <laughs> resembling anything to do with a curry. And we used to have bread and butter with it rather than naan bread. It was like so <laughs> like such a British thing to do. But you know, another um, 
another great April Fool's prank, and I, ca- I covered this on Talksport uh, last week. I do a, a slot on there on Tuesday afternoon where I talk about sport book, sports books as part of the Hawksby and Jacob show. For those of people who know who that is, anyway, I did a little profile of uh, George Plimpton, who's one of the great American sports writers, dead now, but famously, um, famously um, convinced the Detroit Lions in 1963 to let him play with them mm. as a proper member yeah, of the preseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, but apparently he is the father of one of the best. April Fool's Day pranks ever, where he invented a um, a uh, baseball pitcher called Siddhartha Finch, right, in his, in his column for Sports Illustrated, mm. who could throw the ball 168 miles an hour, was a um, was like a Buddhist, and all this Eastern spiritual stuff meant that he could throw the ball really fast and everything, and, and loads of people um, thought that it was true and that he was going to start playing for them in the new season and people started turning out looking for him and all this other stuff and, and uh, it was so successful that he actually ended up turning the story into quite a successful novel as well. So that was quite a good one, Peter. Mm. Quite a good April Fool's it was, um The one I fell for that I remember the most was on Going Live uh, where Philip Schofield um, demonstrated a new kind of... Um, it was in the late 80s, early 90s, this new kind of music player and it was like a little box about this big, right? Yeah. Like a little black box. On going live. On going live. Love that. And um, you would press a button and it would play um, the top 10 singles for that week. Um, so it was basically a, pre- it was basically a precursor to a, an iPod. So that would have been... And I was so... taken in massively by it. I was like, that is amazing. I want that. And, she said, and you can win that if you want. Going live happened between 87 and 93, apparently. So that right. would have been way before. Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it, it was just basically a precursor to the, uh, to the MP3 iPod. Can I also add on the going live tip mm. is that going live was over three hours long and it was incredible, live really, and yeah. it was children's TV. Yeah. That is an incredible achievement. Yeah. Do you remember um, this morning with Richard Not Judy and also the Sunday show? Yes. I think the girly show as well. Richard Not Judy was with Richard Herring and Stuart Lee, right? Yeah. So it was after yeah. Fist of Fun. Um, I, loved, I loved Fist of Fun. I love Fist of Fun. I loved um, this morning with Richard Not Judy and uh, that, that was an hour of you know, uh, pre-written, but um, live performed, live comedy television, which is, I don't think I've ever done it again, really. I don't think I've ever risked. Um, How long was it? An hour? It was an hour, yeah. Blimey. I mean, maybe, oh, I'm trying to think of like, maybe The Last Stand, but that even then, that's just fucking gags. They were not sketches. We're not kind of linking yeah, you know, incredible sketches effort, together. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a it's almost like the Football work. Ramble Live, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you should uh, pick up tickets to uh, the Football Ramble Live at uh, ramblelive.com. They are saying quite fast, actually. I, um, yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, watched, I watched a film last night, uh, Luke, and I can't believe I pulled in, I've been pulled in again um, by a Craig Zahler film, an S. Craig Zahler film. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Well, he, he wrote... Um, He's a writer, composer, director, kind of, you know, jack of all trades kind of guy. He, I, re- I remember complaining quite uh, vociferously about, uh, he, he did Born Tomahawk, which is probably his breakout kind of What's film. What's his name, Pete? Uh, his name is S. Craig Zahler, Z-A-H-L-E-R. Right, okay. uh, And I remember complaining about a Vince Vaughn um, vehicle that was brawling uh, Cell Block 99. I, I interviewed, interviewed uh, Vince a couple of years ago for that, uh, and I thought it was fucking dreadful. Um, didn't sell out of Vince he's massive <laughs> <laughs> but I started watching Drought Across Concrete um, it's a bit of a, like it, this director seems to be like a bit money ball in that he'll pick up like um, uh, actors that have kind of gone off a bit uh, so the, the main leads in this one is Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn blimey and, uh, and I'm watching it and I'm like 
and I didn't realise he was a director. And I watched it last night, and I was like, "Oh, this really stinks of another film I watched a couple of years ago with Vince Vaughn, and it's probably why what linked it together." Um, he wants to be this Tarantino kind of like writer, but all of the sayings that people say in it are just so kind of like long and it's so clunky. The dialogue's so clunky, yeah. but it's trying to be clever. Yeah. And I can't stand it, but I keep watching it because there's always something new for me. It was a re- it's a real hate watch for me. But there are some nice set pieces where you go, oh, that's a nice idea, but it's just not quite there. And the dialogue is fucking dreadful and it really puts me off. But I can't stop watching. I've got this real love-hit relationship with this guy's film. So I'm going to have to go, go, go back um, and watch Bone Tomahawk. Watch it because it's interesting in that there's some of the kind of set pieces and imagery and characters. But the dialogue is, once again, fucking dreadful. From Bone, Bone Tomahawk's got Kurt Russell in it. And, mm. and see, what's his name? S. Craig Zala. Yeah. He's got a skullet as well. He has, got a, he has got a bit of a scullet, yeah. Yeah. I've never but heard of him or uh, any of his films. I have to say, I feel like I've been, I'm in the dark. Well, I mean, I'm in the fucking dark here. I, I'd I'm in seen, the dark here. I'd only seen a brawl in Celebrate 99. It's just like, ugh. like, it's like Mel Gibson at one point goes, they're in a stakeout. They're about to do something dreadful. And, it, and it, you know, they might get, they this might is the get one killed. with Vince Vaughn in it. Yeah. yeah. They might get shot. They might get murdered. They might get killed. Uh, completely off the, off the clock when it comes to being a policeman. And, uh, and Mel Gibson goes, uh, this is a bad idea. Like, Lasagna in a can, bad idea. And what? Like, yeah, what are you talking you're about? about? Die, you're about to possibly die, Mel Gibson. Yeah, you wouldn't be saying that. You and want it, that to be your last words. It was so shit. Um, and there's a, there's something at the start where they do this monologue where they got in trouble for for beating up um, a Latino man because um, they're like these old grizzled detectives, uh, or rather officers. And um, they, um, it, Mel Gibson uh, is told by his superior officer it's a different time now. It's a different world now. Even if you have a conversation uh, with someone, uh, a private conversation, uh, and that gets leaked, and you're saying terrible things, um, you know you, you can't you can't resurrect your career. Like literally talking about Mel Gibson's um, yeah, sounds you know, kind of postmodern. Horrible, horrible things he said on that phone call. Uh, you know, it's a miracle that man still has a career. Why would he agree to have those things said in a scene <laughs> that he's in? It's, it's, it's just desperate it's for just, work, probably. Just, well, yeah, probably, but like, yeah, I, I, it's it, fascinating. Um, fascinating. Is Vince Vaughn's career never really recovered from um, the second season of True Detective? Well, that wasn't long ago, I guess, was it? I mean, twenty fifteen. Yeah, four years ago now. He hasn't really done anything since, has he? No. Uh, well, he, apart he's from done, these he's movies, done, yeah. he's done brawling now. So ninety nine. Yeah, cool. Well, that's exactly <laughs> but my that point. But that got a really that got a, got a pretty good um, response. I got a pretty good uh, reviews. But I'm I'm watching the same film. I'm going. I'm not having it. Yeah, your 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 film taste is slightly different though. But I feel. I just feel like he's done Hacksaw Ridge since then, and Anchorman Two, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I just think that. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Anchorman 2 was way before True Detective Season 2, mate. Right, mate. It was like two or three years ago. Right, but mate. Before. But um, I was going to say, there's a um, people aren't going to agree with me on this, but I'll put it out there anyway because I'm not scared to be controversial. And I mean this sincerely. The M. Night Shyamalan film Signs, which I really like, mm. and I know some people don't, I think the tension it builds up is so, so well done. Mel Gibson's excellent in that. He plays, he's a, he's he plays a, very, a preacher who's lost actor. his faith. Mm. Uh, he's absolutely fantastic in it. He really is very good in it. He's a very good actor, and he's got um, he's got incredible presence. And you sort of watch his roles that he's taken after. Give me back uh, my son. <laughs> Remember that? I was taken. Give me back my son. <laughs> is that ransom? Uh, oh, ransom. No, yeah. Is it okay? Mel Gibson, isn't it? right? Ransom. Isn't that what he was uh, complaining about on the um, you on the it. phone call? You I'm it. not saying what he said on the phone call. No, I don't say that. <laughs> Go on. What? Give us back my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> oh. oh dear. 
What? We just stopped. Well, you have a break. Oh, well, you're going to have a break. Well, well, you usually introduce All the right, break. After the break, we're going to talk about Shut your emails. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's to find the right position for you. Put your hands down and lower your chest to the ground. Just do that and pretend that you're holding poop in. And it should sound a lot like this. That's what, that's what the other one is. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! Better. A succulent Chinese a meal succulent that my dad Chinese would have meal. cooked in his Ken Hom hot wok. I've got a succulent Chinese meal in my fridge right now. Of course you have. It's Monday. Sunday. You've got beef, uh, chicken, some rice. Got to be careful have rice. You got, have you got to the, yeah, you have. You got to the point yet where you just call them up and go, it's Pete, yeah. See in half hour. Deliveroo has got like a little option. You can just order what you ordered last time. Yeah. And it's just easy. One okay. click and the man's there. Obviously, I've I've eschewed all fast food now, haven't I? Really? What do you eat instead? <sighs> now you're asking. I've, Blackberries. Blueberries, it seems. I'm day 29 into my healthy regime. I've lost 14 pounds. That's really good. Well yeah. done. I've not lost, I've not had any fast food or anything. Are you drinking beer? That's the thing. Oh, I've had one me. burger with Sam because I had a pre-arranged thing burger. booked with him before. Burger situation. Yeah. Uh, but not, other than that, I haven't. Did, oh, I say well what am I? What have you had? Um, like beer and stuff. That's I've had a few parts. Me. A few parts of Guinness, but not nothing major. Guinness isn't too bad though. Isn't no, it? it's, it's the alcohol right. it gets because it's quite a light beer. Um, yeah. Emails. Is it like uh, Shentrum? I've seen that advert with um, uh, oh, who's the fella? Who's, who's Thor's brother in um, all of the Marvel films? Loki. Loki. Who plays that? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston's um, China advert, where he's. I uh, find increasingly as we get older, I'm having to fill in the. I'm having to join the dots with people whose names you can't remember. Oh yeah, no, 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 I do it all well. the time. No, no, I do it all the time. Whenever I'm on a podcast and I try and remember someone's name, I'm like, literally going, um, "Who's that?" And I've got connection, yeah. so we can get there eventually. It's a nice yeah. little kind of um, around the houses. It's a nice, little, it's a nice little game for uh, yeah. the other person. Tom Hiddleston, what's he done? Uh, he was uh, featured in a Chinese advert. Uh, where he plays a um, uh, Gonzo-style kind of um, boyfriend to an invisible um, first-person Chinese lady. Uh, basically, right. 
Um, sounds odd. The camera comes into the kitchen and Tom Hiddleston's there. It's an advert for Centrum, is it? Centrum, as, as he pronounces it. I think they call it Centrum, even mm. though it's C E N. It doesn't make any sense. Centrum. I thought Centrum was a food supplement. It is like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, Tom Hiddleston's making breakfast for this unseen um, lady. <laughs> Right, and it's so fucking creepy. It really is terrible. Oh, this is the way he eats like a weird plate of food. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston advert China. Isn't he eating like eggs, blackberries, peppers, olives? It's so yeah, exactly. So he, he comes out and he's going, "Good, good morning, um, how, you, how, good morning, how are you doing? Uh, I've been away for a little while, um, but I'm, I'll be back soon." Um, blah blah blah, and he's just sort of going, "I've made breakfast for you. Don't forget your shintrum." What? <laughs> and then is this, he, like, uh, is this like a um, lost in translation kind of scenario? What do you mean? Like as in Where Bill Murray's advertising Japanese products and stuff? Yeah, well, I mean every every uh, every actor does that. Hey, Weird. morning. All right, filmed in part, right? For Insta, mate. I finished early, so pop back and make your breakfast. Look at the state of that food. <laughs> <laughs> He's been told to pronounce like that, hasn't he? You look great. It's so creepy. He's so earnest. Probably be a bit busy for the next few weeks. We're going to jail. Uh, I'll make it up too soon, I promise. Yeah, don't break into my house again. <laughs> Bye, Tom Hiddleston. See you, Tom. I mean, what are you doing here, mate? It's really strange. Like he he's he's making breakfast for a human being, but he's acting like he's never met that person before. Yeah, which it's, makes it's, it's it creepy. Very interesting. It's a bit like it's a very um, much like Lost in Translation in a weird like, way. It's more like bad guns or porn, really. First person perspective kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so weird. But the, yeah. the, the actual plate of food he makes, it's like blackberries on one side, carrots. Then it goes like carrots, eggs, onions, fried one egg. fried egg on top. Onions, um, peppers, sweet corn, sweet corn, sweet corn, line of sweet corn, and, and this purple is cabbage, red cabbage, purple cabbage, and then and and then on the end it's chilies, yeah. But it's it's clearly um, mirroring the, um, the 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 rainbow kind of um, shinshum uh, thing, color scheme, uh, color yeah. scheme on the on the lower. I'd love board, to use shinshum. I'd love you to do a version of that advert, but yeah. instead of in that beautiful house with that quirky soundtrack, mm. it's, it's like in my house. It's quite a. It's almost like a black metal soundtrack mm. in the background. Yeah. Like that. It's in your flat yeah. and it's just leftover Chinese food from the night before. No, it'd be five different kinds of blood. Yeah. This one's from a pig. Don't forget your shinshroom. <laughs> right. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com is where to send your emails. The people we're about to hear from have done exactly that. Yeah. The mystery meat of the um, Hello at Luke Peacher um, email box. I'd like to start with an email from Jasmine, if I may, Peter. Ah, fuck off, yeah. All right, thanks. Um, we heard a week or so ago about a school trip which descended very quickly into something like a scene from... Lot of the Flies. Brilliant Italian drama, Gamora, which is back, by the way. I haven't watched back it yet. Now, yeah. yeah, it's two episodes out already, but I haven't seen them yet. Uh, Jasmine would like to weigh in with a school trip situation of her own. And she says, um, hi, Luke and Pete. I hope you're both having a good week. We are, but it's only Monday, so there's, yeah. there's time for it to go wrong. I could get gout soon. You could. 
She says, I'm a relatively new listener to the show, having been introduced to you by my boyfriend. He now regrets doing this, as over the last <laughs> few months, I've dedicated myself to listening to your back catalogue and have realised that all the funny slash interesting facts he told me he had read somewhere or stories from a friend of a friend are actually lifted straight from your show. Jasmine, oh. they are rarely facts. Jasmine, they're rarely facts and I do this all the time. Exactly I, right. I, if I slightly have met that person once and they happen to do a podcast, and I'll just steal their facts. Don't matter. We're all do. We're don't all matter. The, we're on the same cesspit here. Don't matter. Hey, don't worry about it. The recent chat about dramatic school trips made me wonder why my own were never as exciting or felonious, and I thought it might be interesting to hear about listeners' experiences of school trips from the other end of the spectrum. My contribution is a trip I went on in year three. So what what age is that? Yeah, three. So that's, seven. Um... Oh, seven or eight. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, and, and the trip was to a classmate's back garden. <laughs> I should preface this by saying my school was in special measures at the time and perhaps budgets were tight. <laughs> That's when the shit really hits the fan. My friend Laura... It quite young if Hofstede getting involved because that was quite a later development for us, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, maybe. Jasmine included the full names of some of her friends and I'm not going to do that because that's unfair. Mm. So I'm going to just call her Laura. Laura had recently moved to a new house which had a back garden with a pond in it. Nice. This was quite an exotic garden feature at the time and upon hearing the exciting news, our teacher, who was quite eccentric and a keen bird watcher, mm. insisted that the whole class should take a trip to Laura's garden to complete a tally chart of the birds visiting the pond. Luckily, Sarah, another girl in our class, in our class, had a dad who owned a bus. So on a Monday morning, 30 of us travelled to Sarah's dad's bus, in, sorry, in Sarah's dad's bus to Laura's garden. It was freezing cold and we had to take shifts standing near the pond. There not being space for the whole class to all be there at once. A distinct lack of birds came to the pond and after an hour, the situation became so desperate, our teacher had to tell us to just do a sketch of the plastic heron perched on a rock standing guard <laughs> over the pond. The highlight of the trip was Laura's mum bringing us squash and biscuits before we traipsed back onto Sarah's dad's bus to return to school. Despite the uneventful nature of the trip, I remember quite enjoying it. However, it was made even more underwhelming due to the fact that, being Laura's friend, I'd actually been to her new house the weekend before. <laughs> I'm now a primary school teacher myself and make an extra effort to try and make school trips as exciting as possible. So far, this has been successful, although I did once lose a child for 10 minutes inside the Natural History Museum and have had another child throw up on me following a leap of faith during a school residential. <laughs> Hopefully, underwhelming school trips, teachers' experience of trips might be of some interest to you. My boyfriend will be extremely jealous if you read out my email. Please, up the good, uh, please keep up the podcast. I look forward to it on Mondays and Thursdays. Jasmine. Jasmine, you say your school trips are, are exciting. We haven't heard from any of your students. Exactly, None yeah. of your pupils have confirmed that. And if I was a bird, I wouldn't be visiting a garden that's just full of school kids. Full of kids, I know. Yeah, exactly. crazy. Uh, Tim's got in touch. Hello, Tim. Uh, dedicated list, listener with a Be My Bonnet, uh, annoying ramble reference, he says, uh, centrifugal doesn't exist. Centripetal means actually acting inward. Centrifugal means nothing. Right. Um, we've had this before. We've had... You said centrifugal. Yeah, but everyone, everyone's got a different opinion, it seems, because we said that I was right. Some people said I was right. Tim Gabatas has not shown us the gravitas. He's not shown us any working out. He just says that it means nothing. Well, listen, apparently, according to in Newtonian mechanics, the centrifugal force is an inertial force, also called a fictitious or pseudo-force mm. that appears to act on all objects when viewed in a rotating frame of reference. According to the online dictionary, though, centrifugal means moving or tending to move away from a centre. Mm. So the jury's out. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I you've got know. to be a special type of person to email about that, haven't you? Yeah, you really have. Or an even special one to read it out. What's the name of the emailer? Uh, Tom. Tim, Tim Gabadas. Tim, Tim, you belong on the fringes of our society, sir. <laughs> and that might sound like an insult, but it doesn't have to be. Hmm. 
Bag wrapping. Sorry? Bag wrapping. I beg your pardon. Do you want to hear from Sam in Dubai? Yes, please. In reference to your discussion about bag wrapping at airports. Yeah. What do you think that's for, Pete? Bag wrapping. Um, what do you mean, like those? As What's in, the reason for it? Um, just keep just to watch your zip doesn't fly open and all your sundries comes out. Well, according to Sam from Dubai, the purpose of the bag wrapping is not just to protect the bag when being thrown around, but to prevent theft of the items inside. Ah. I never understood the point of it much either until I married a South African and had to travel through Johannesburg Airport. Uh, I've been there as well. So have you, Pete. Mm-hmm. Chaos. Uh, breaking into suitcases by piercing through the zipper with a pointy object and wading through the bag's contents is apparently quite a problem in Johannesburg. Ah. I so can't point. He says I can't point to any published statistics on the matter, but anecdotal evidence seems enough for us to wrap our bags when we travel there. Ah, so it is just about people. But I mean, surely if if you can get a knife in to open up the um, the zip, why can't you? Yeah. Why can't you just cut through the plastic? I don't understand. It seems like it a waste of money to me because I, the amount of times I have travelled um, to the US, mm. actually, I said the amount of times. I think it's happened once or twice, and I've got mm. a padlock on my zip. And they still break it open and put a little leaflet in there saying that they've looked for our stuff. Mm. And in the US, they seem to do it with impunity. Yeah. So interesting. I'm not sure if, they would, if a bit of bag wrapping would stop the American customs officials. I mean, presumably it wouldn't. Well, you buy those locks, don't you, that are able, the US, uh, well, most security servers can open it because they've got a separate key. It's like a little padlock thing. Yeah. And, but they've got a little thing that they jam into. But then the criminals just get the thing that you jam into it. I've got some lovely yon- Longchamp luggage. And that's got a Oh, long shot. It's, com- it's got a combination on it. What's your number? I just realised I don't know what it is. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. My uh gym locker number on my on my combination lock is the same as my first girlfriend's dad's phone number, which is also my internet banking uh Wow, lock. that is some pretty deep, deep state security there. Yeah. They'll never know. No one will socially engineer that. No, he was a weird chap. He used to um live in Leicester and he used to he was a mechanic. Who had? Um... Oh, he wasn't the guy who was related to Richard III, was he? No, no, oh. he was a mechanic, and he uh, and he was very. Um, he, he would be uh, regarded as probably a bit racist nowadays. Um, but he used to collect hats uh, discarded on like the side of motorways and stuff. If you ever saw a hat in the street, you'd stop the car. Who, dis- who discards hats? On I the don't side know, of the but road. he had quite the collection, from oh. cowboy hats to stetsons to um, flat caps to um, ladies' hats. Ladies, just ladies, just ladies hat. hats. I a mean, that's his hat. story. He could have killed them. A cowboy hat is a Stetson, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because he's have different ones. Can I? Ten gallon hat is that a different one? Probably. I, don't really know. I think that's just a slang. But he used to have a uh, Cadillac, a pink. Like I think it was a pink, uh, pink, big pink Cadillac. But the problem is, he lived out in the sticks in Leicester, and obviously those country roads aren't very wide. No, can't drive a Cadillac down there. And um, when my wife's family come and visit, they crack up how narrow the roads are here. They think it's hilarious. They think <laughs> yeah. it's like the funniest thing ever. They think <laughs> and that, the houses as well. Why is it a little small? On my road where I live. It's one of those roads where there's cars parked on both sides and yeah. sometimes you have to wait. Yeah. And that just, like, just like blows their mind. I could drive in America. You can just wheel all around the road. Yeah. Nobody really cares. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, one more email? Do you yeah. want to do it? Yeah, I'll do one. Yeah. Uh, Josh, uh, d- just basically fortifying for my own mental health and God knows I need to keep yeah. hold of the, uh, these small amount of things. Every got. little help. Um, hi, guys. I'm a long-time listener to the show. First time emailer. Uh, due to a little thing called life... I've fallen very behind and I've only just finished episode 128. In this episode, Pete talks about Amazon having done something to speed up earlier episodes of The Office US. Oh, yeah. This start, basically, uh, some episodes, round about season four, it starts to think um, it's played at a slightly faster frame rate and everyone's voices are pitched a little bit higher. Um, why, why do they do that, Pete? I haven't got the foggiest clue, Luke. I think it's just, I think it's just a fuck up between maybe regions and uh, in America, I think they're 24. 
four frames per second and we're 25 maybe I don't, it, maybe it, the PAL and NTSC it, formats I just don't know is it not so that people get through the episodes quicker so they watch more episodes nah why would oh. you do that oh, you're spoiling the episode you make it higher it's audibly higher right, okay. in pitch it's just weird okay um yeah, I'm a big fan of both versions of The Office, so I own both sets on DVD. Imagine, to my annoyance, the first time I play season one, episode one of The Office US at my DVD player, everyone's voices sounded odd. I turn to my girlfriend, her first time watching, and say, this isn't right, they sound weird, this has definitely been sped up. I search the internet and find many people with the same problem. The first few seasons have been ever so slightly sped up. As you mentioned on the show at the time, I'm sure this is some sort of compression error, but I was rightly pissed off that they shipped the DVDs like this. So, weird. But I thought I was... I couldn't find any reference to it online, and... I was, it was just crazy, man. I was like, I, I think I'm going mad. Um, you're not. You're not going mad. I'm not going mad because I found Joshua Barnes. Thanks, Josh. You're the best. I mean, he could just be as mad as you. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Maybe. I've never. I've, I've, I. I definitely heard it, but I feel like now I might have heard it from you. Episode one twenty eight. That's going to be about three months ago. So mm. who, who knows? It might just be that I heard it from you. All right. Well. If anyone's got any more light to shed on that, please do so. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Apologies to Alex. Didn't get to your email, mate, but I'll try and read it on Thursday uh, and we will work our way through the rest of the emails when we get the chance. Have a absolutely lovely week. Lovely week. Enjoy the start of April. Spring Enjoy. is here. The clocks have um, gone forward. So there's extra light in the evenings. Get yourself out. Put a bit of Luke and Pete Show in your earphones and go for a walk or something. We'll be back on Thursday with episode 156. Been a bloody pleasure, hasn't it, Peter? Succulent Chinese meal! This was a Radio Staccano production.